Welcome to My Creative Classroom, an EdTech podcast that focuses on highlighting educational tools that can help teachers transform learning in or out of their classrooms. I interview industry experts to discuss the details of their products in order to help you make an informed decision on whether or not this product is right for you. As an educator with over a decade of experience both in and out of the classroom, I know that time and money are both precious. So I hope my conversations will help you in your creative journey through education. My name is Brian Willette and welcome to My Creative Classroom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to My Creative Classroom for another amazing episode about transformational tools in education. Today, I'm excited to have with me Rob Bennett, co-founder and CEO of PixelPress, the creators of the absolutely amazing and engaging Bloxels. Rob, thank you for joining me, and I'm super excited to talk about Bloxels today. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Rob, before we dive into what it is and what it can do for teachers, let's tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, uh, your background, and and how you started Bloxels. Sure. Um, uh, I started out my career in the creative space uh, as a musician. So most of my teens and twenties, I was uh, playing in bands and you know touring and making albums and things like that. And then uh, toward the tail end of my 20s, I kind of uh, settled down a little bit with uh, my now wife and uh, had had our first son and went through all that and decided that I wanted to be, um, I had some crazy ideas and wanted to kind of take the entrepreneurial route. So I, um, I formed a uh, design and development studio with a good friend of mine. We had that going for a couple years until uh, Robin Rath, one of the other co-founders of Pixel Press, um, came to me with the idea for a build your own video game system. Um, so when he came to me with that idea, it was a draw on graph paper and, um, he showed me a drawing of a video game on graph paper, it looked very Mario, you know, old school Mario style. And I thought it was interesting. And he said, but I want to take a picture of this and turn it into a playable video game. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So that's kind of where I came in, uh, from the tech side of things is, you know, let's vet this and see how realistic it was. We threw it up on Kickstarter, uh, really just as a, like, is there any interest in something like this? And um, we got funded pretty quickly uh, to the, you know, a decent, a good amount of money. Um, we were excited about that and uh, formed a company around it. So um, I am now uh, a full-time developer. We're a small team, so I'm a full-time developer, but also, uh, you know, running the day in and day out of the company, um, as well as being, you know, kind of a founder and, and doing things like this. So. And, and let's dive right into that because you talk about, you know, oh, I want to draw this game on a graph paper, then take a picture of it and then be able to play it. And that's exactly what Bloxels is. Well, a little more, a little more than that. So let's talk about Bloxels and what it is. Sure. Bloxels is a build your own video game platform. So at the, at the very base of everything that we do, our whole thing is about empowering kids to tell stories and uh, be creative um, through creating video games. So uh, that's where it started for us. When we were kids, you know, we played the NES and Sega Genesis and everything like that. And we always envisioned being able to, man, wouldn't it be cool to be able to make these games? We could make these games. We know what's cool. And, um, you know, the barrier to entry there at the time was, you know, C um, or assembly, uh, crazy, you know, uh, low level languages um, that, you know, kids weren't going to pick up and, and make Mario with. So um, fast forward, you know, 30, 30, 40 years. And, um, and you had, you know, the the advent of uh, tablets and phones with these, you know, cameras and amazing devices, just these 
powerful computers just in your pocket. And we thought, what could we do with that to bring this vision to life, bring the ability to create your own video games to life? So we didn't want any code on purpose. Um, we wanted kids to be able to just uh, ideate on paper with a pencil and then turn that into a video game. And that's kind of where Pixel Press was born and where Floors was born. From there, we partnered with Cartoon Network and built a, uh, a more commercial version of that um, in Adventure Time Game Wizard, um, which was a used one of their uh, cool cartoon properties um, to kind of tell the, the story and, and let it go further. After that, we decided that drawing was a little bit, um, still a little bit prohibitive, um, for kids, you know, uh, so being able to stay in the lines and in order for the computer vision to really pick it up and for it to be exactly what you drew, you really got to like be on, on, on target and, you know, the dexterity was a little bit, uh, you know, high level barrier to entry. So we thought, what do kids do, um, that, uh, there won't be any barrier to entry. And we wanted to democratize the process as much as possible. And for us to do that, um, we thought blocks and a board, you know, playing with blocks and, and colors. So that's where Bloxels was born. Um, taking colored blocks, giving them meaning, and uh, you put them in a pegboard, almost like a light bright, um, create your level layouts. And um, from there, you can snap it with a, with a device and turn it into a, a real playable video game. We expanded it and made it so that you could make characters, you could make art, backgrounds, all sorts of stuff. Um, and it's really grown over the last three, four, five years that it's been uh, since its inception. Man, we're really hitting some classics here. We're talking about the old yeah. NES. We're talking about Light Brights, Mario. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which Showing is my so age. cool. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> it shows like where this idea came from, right? Because as, as kids, you have this, I can create this game. Like I can make something better than this. Yeah, um, exactly. And to see the evolution of Bloxels, you know, you talk about floors and then you know, the adventure wizard and now into this pegboard, you know, so let's talk a little bit about how that works. So if somebody purchases Bloxels and I get this kit, what's in the kit? You know, what do I need to make it work? You don't. So for Bloxels, um, for the longest time, we were, we were really kind of focused on the physical aspect of it. And I still obviously very much believe in that. And, um, you know, I can go on for days and days about that. Um, but uh, to just to get up and going with building your own video games, telling stories and being creative, um, you really just need the software. So you can grab that um, to really augment the experience, especially in the classroom. Um, it, it helps to have the boards and blocks. Um, we've worked uh, with the world that we live in now uh, in the last for the past year. We focused a little bit more on the collaboration in the software and um, being able to share to class libraries and, and collaborate. I'm going to build this part of the game here and I'm going to build the characters over here and, and we're going to collaborate, you know, digitally. So we've been a little bit more focused on the digital side of things lately, um, but it started as a physical to digital experience and it still is that. Um, it's just not as much of a requirement as it once was. So you can go get the kit um, or multiple kits and it's a board. It's a 13 by 13 board. So there's 169 slots in it, basically 13 by 13. And then you'll get a bunch of blocks with it, uh, various colors. Um, there's eight different colors and each of those colors can be used to create art and then it can be color shifted in the app. So you can create a, you know, a monster or something, um, or, you know, Abraham Lincoln or something like that. Take a picture of it, bring it into the app and then color shift it to kind of match what you had in your head. Or if you take the colors and use, uh, put them into the game builder, they actually have meaning. So the green is ground, uh, yellow is coins, uh, blue is water, 
red is hazards, etc. They're very kind of basic concepts um, for kids to start to design with um, symbols and intention. Uh, so when they build with Bloxels, they can build a very basic level layout on the board, bring it into the app, and then customize it and make it go deeper. You can add story text to white blocks. White blocks are our story blocks. You plop one of those down, get it into the app. You can decorate it to look like a, um, a sign. And then when you walk up to that sign, you can say, I want to talk to the sign. And then you can read the text that the user put in. So you can tell stories this way. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's a very robust uh, platformer video game. So Mario style video game builder. And, and it's amazing, you know, you talk about the eight colors and how this, the, the software recognizes what the color is and what it does. So when I, so I open the Bloxels and I have this 13 by 13 grid and I want to build a game. So I start putting down these colors and I will use Mario as our example, um, you know, and I want to build, you know, with the tunnel, he has to jump over the hole and there's some water or whatever it might be. So mm -hmm. all I do is I put these pegs into the, onto the board and what do I do? Snap a picture and then I have to move, you know, pieces around to keep that level going or how does that work you can do that um you snap a picture and that's uh it'll bring that piece of the world into into the game so uh the game is uh it's basically infinitely expandable so um you can put one board here and then you can uh, move it around to create another uh, layout and put that right next to it and you can continue to build as much as you want um for uh, for a world so if you wanted to build mario 1 1 from the nes you could um, we've had plenty of people do stuff like that. Um, if you wanted to build a uh, Metroid-style game, which is not only left, right, um, not only left, right, but also up and down, you can do that. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's kind of it depends. It, it's you can spend as much time with the physical aspect of it as you want, and snap the pictures and keep bringing those in, or you can use that as an ideation platform, and then jump into the app and expand in the app itself. So you can actually build um, in the uh, in the experience in the app itself. That's great. And so let's talk about the app a little bit. So is there a cost to downloading the app? Is it on every device or is it only Android or iOS? Like, um, you know, what, what, what goes along with the app? The app itself is it's available on multiple platforms. So it's available on iOS, Android, um, Kindle, which, you know, is Android. Um, and then it's also available on the web. Um, so you can actually go to build.bloxels.co. I'm sure we could probably throw those in the show notes or something. Um, and, um, you go to build.bloxels.co and it's the full experience minus the, uh, camera capturing, obviously. Um, so that's all, you know, if you want the camera capture feature, that's, um, device only. So, but that's iOS, Android web builder. Um, we also have a, uh, Mac, uh, experimental it's under, it's in beta right now, but we have a Mac build. Um, and then the cost to entry kind of depends if you want it for just home use um you know one one account um personal use you know it's 19.99 if you want it in a classroom um it's five dollars per student per year um and then that comes with the uh, with the hardware with the with the boards and blocks and there's different tiers so it kind of just depends on how much um how much you want to uh, have so if you have you know, 50 students versus an entire district. It just, you know, it's all tiered out based on that. But the base cost is $5 per student per year um, for classrooms. And then for a home, it's it's just $19.99 for a personal account. So let's dive is, into the, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's uh, there is a free component to it, which is the arcade. So everything that gets built um, can be published to the arcade. As an educator, you can actually turn that off for your students if you want to, like if you want to, you know, make it more focused on the classroom. Um, but it can be published to the arcade. So we have an entire, 
uh, huge community of um, kids uh, building video games and sharing them. Um, and then we actually do a, a YouTube series uh, every Friday, Featured Friday, which I actually host. And we play through uh, featured games by these kids. So um, they get a little bit of exposure, um, you know, through their username. Obviously, we're not talking about who these kids actually are or anything like that. But, uh, you know, and then everything's moderated by hand by our staff. So it's all very safe and uh, COPA compliant. We're, we're very uh, focused on the safety of kids, but making sure that they can express themselves and uh, have fun. So the arcade is free. So you can go into the app and play for free, play any of the games that the kids create. Um, but to build and to uh, publish your own games, you know, that's where that cost comes in. So let's get into it. You talked about privacy a little bit there. So as a student or even a teacher using Bloxel's virtual or using the game board, do I have to sign in? What kind of information do I have to give, you know, in order to be able to sign in to use that? Right. As a personal user, we kind of, we straddle the, you know, the consumer market and the EDU market, you know, we're an EDU first company, um, mm -hmm. but we do obviously realize, you know, some people just enjoy and just want to do it at home. So that's where we kind of broke in a little bit into the consumer market as well. But so for them, um, they sign up uh, typical, you know, email password, um, you know, create that. Um, we don't really expect anything else um, in terms of sign up for a single consumer account for a classroom. The teacher signs up. Uh, with their edu uh, or you know dot org or whatever uh, email address, and they can create a classroom of students that they um, they can um, moderate through the edu hub, which is a tool for teachers. So it's a web platform. They can jump in. They can add their students. Um, they just all they need is a username. So um, whatever you know they want to identify their students by you know in their username, and then um, they give them a special pin, uh, which is like a four digit pin. Um, to log in with and uh, they can control the teacher can control all that from the hub so they can change it and reset it because obviously you know kids forget things all the time um, so uh, that's all controllable through the hub um, we don't we don't collect any other data than that except for the game data so when they build their games obviously we're, we're storing that so that so that we can recall it later and are there lessons or activities that may be pre-made so that a teacher who's looking and saying they're listening to this show right now and they're like, Rob, I, I love this. I think I want Bloxels in my classroom, both virtual or even the board. Are there lessons or activities to get them started and, and, and work through maybe the initial steps? Absolutely. Um, we have uh, an entire in the EDU hub when you sign up, um, it comes with your subscription. There are resources in the hub. There's an educator handbook um, that's a PDF download that's in the hub. Um, there are student workbooks um, that you can buy physically or get the uh, digital version. And those are great um, prompts for creating in the classroom. Um, they have uh, grid paper, storyboarding, so you can you know lay out your ideas and lay out your drawings and your designs and stuff before you even get to the board and blocks if you want to. Um, so you can kind of take like an iterative step-by-step -step process. We also have activities. So, you know, um, if you want to build a game for math class or if you want to build a game for geometry uh, or geology or uh, science in any way. So we have lots of games that have been built um, for those topics. We try not to be too um, focused on any one classroom or any one genre. Um, we've intentionally tried to make it so that it's more about telling stories and building video games and telling if you're using it in the classroom, showing what you've learned through storytelling and through um, video game development, as opposed to coding and things like that, because there's a there's a heavy barrier to entry there, and we really wanted the time to build um, to be as low as possible. So, um, 
so yeah, there are plenty of activities uh, that you can that you can jump on. And I think that's uh, always great for teachers, right, who are looking to try something new and they're maybe concerned with how do I start this? How do I implement this into my math class or science class? But, you know, it's great to have this bank. And, and you mentioned the hub several times. And is this hub as an educator when I get on the hub? Do I see a student's progress? Do I do I see what they're building or even access to their game? What, what do I see as a teacher? As a teacher, you see everything that they're building um, and and their you know any progress that they've made. So as they as they build in the app, it's constantly saving, auto saving. So as 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 updated as it is in the app, it's updated that that quickly in the hub as well. So you can see a student's progress, uh, which has become extremely beneficial for the distance learning you know that everyone's going through uh, right now. So you can see progress um, from home. Um, so you can see their games, you can see their story text, you can, uh, you can actually create a PDF uh, through the hub of their story text. Um, some kids, we moderate these and, you know, I jump in from time to time and some kids tell some really elaborate, really funny stories. So uh, it is kind of fun to download as a PDF um, as a teacher. Um, you know, when you're finished with a unit, you can actually release the, uh, the account to, to their parents. So you can send a PDF home um, for them to, to take the account home. Um, so the hub, the, you know, it's... Um, it's very utilitarian in that way. It, it definitely allows you to uh, monitor progress and you know help the help the students out. You can send messages. Um, so if you typed a message in the hub and hit send, it'll it'll pop up in the app as the as the kids using it. Um, so th those kinds of features um, are in the in the EDU hub. That's awesome. And and just I mean we are you know we're living the global pandemic and we know that <laughs> everywhere around the world is a little bit different whether the students are in person or they might be at home or it's hybrid learning whatever it might be. Do you have some examples of educators using Bloxels, you know, with their students to help improve learning? Absolutely. Um, we have those examples. We've actually shared on right when the, you know, everything kind of hit and everything kind of closed down. We, uh, we, we scrambled a little bit to share a, um, to help as much as we could. And, um, we created a document that was uh, virtual game jams. So something that we do as a, as a company, um, or we did, uh, we would go into schools and we would have game jams with the students. So, you know, it'd be two or three of us, you know, from our team would go in and we'd sit down um, and we would kind of walk through what we think is an ideal process for using Bloxels. And uh, you can actually, well, before the pandemic, you could actually order that from us as a, as a service um, for your classroom. But we'd go in, uh, we do have virtual jams now, and we started doing that with some of our educators that we've created kind of a relationship with, a one-on-one -on -one relationship, the, kind, the people that I can like text um, you know, and, uh, so we, we had virtual game jams with them when the pandemic hit, we put together a, uh, a virtual game jam, uh, document. So basically what it is, is we would go into classrooms and it would be someone, a couple people from our team and then the class, and we'd walk through our ideal, um, setup for, uh, building video games. And so we called those game jams. We would create a theme, we would create a rule set, and then, you know, everyone would break off into teams and, uh, they would all jam, you know, on building the video game. This is a pretty common thread in video game development in the community of video game development. So we, we were trying to kind of bring that to classrooms as well. So we were doing that um, as, a, uh, as an in-person thing. And uh, when the pandemic hit, we thought, well, wow, we, this is, it, you can still do this digitally. You can still do this, um, you know, with distance learning. So we put together a document around that. So you're asking, you know, do we have anything to help kind of guide this along in the classroom, um, especially during the pandemic with distance learning. We definitely do. We put that together and that's in the hub. And then we have some other various little things that um, other teachers have helped put together. Um, we have 
a tutorial that was put together by an educator uh, of ours, uh, not our educator, but an educator that we that we correspond with uh, regularly. Um, she put together a virtual classroom in uh, Google, and uh, she put together a virtual arcade um, of her students' work for the stuff that they were using Bloxels for. And it's uh, very, very animated, and like she did a great job. So we actually asked her, we like, can you make a tutorial out of that? And she did. Um, so we have that, and we have various other things like that on the uh, in the Educator Hub. And that sounds awesome. Like, and not just the idea of the support materials that are available um, to teachers, but the idea that you, know, you talked about this Google Classroom having, um, you know, put up this arcade system. What mm-hmm. a way to share, you know, like, and we talk about having these virtual tools and, and building video games and be able to share that with the public because we want our students not just to be consumers, but producers. Right. And what an amazing way uh, to produce. And you've mentioned a couple of times, like the video game industry and, and producing video games. And you earlier said you're trying to reduce the amount of coding. So mm-hmm. how, how, how do I build this environment? You know, is it, you know, if, if I'm a uh, blocks aside, right, the, the board itself aside, I'm in the, the web or if I'm on the uh, a device, is it like, is it drawing? Am I, am I having to physically draw trees or what does that look like? You are drawing, when you're drawing the games themselves. So if you imagine Mario 1-1, you just have like a, a, a line of ground and then boxes that you would jump over and then enemies that would kind of patrol back and forth and you, you know, bop them on the head or whatever. Um, and you know, you'd have to jump on the flag and do that kind of stuff. So if you imagine that in your head, and I think everyone could kind of visualize that you can build all of that. Um, but imagine it non-decorated. So just as, as, as basic wireframe blocks, and that's what blocksels are is that each color represents a piece of that. So an enemy is purple. And so you'll literally have, um, if you don't decorate anything, which you don't have to, um, you would have a purple block just, you know, kind of patrolling back and forth or, you know, um, shooting magic dust at you, which freezes you or whatever. Um, and so you can have that very bare wireframe, um, and that's all drawing based. So you just draw it in with your finger, you pick the color that you want, you draw your blocks in. Um, then you can go into the art builder, which is a 13 by 13 board and you create art, um, which is basically the way that these old NES games were made. Um, they were made, it was called sprites. So, uh, you would create sprite sets in, um, the old, in the old days and, uh, you would create, uh, an animation. So, uh, Mario would have, you know, a two or three cycle animation and one frame would be, it's, it's like the old flip books you know, that we, that you saw, you know, as a kid where you draw something kind of move, you know, and you'd flip the pages. Um, same thing goes with sprite animations. That's basically what it is. Um, but pixel art is this art style where it's just little, each individual pixel is drawn. And so the kids go in and they draw each individual pixel. And what that does is there's no, you know, you're maybe limited, I guess, by your imagination, but that's it. Um, other than that, there is no like dexterity. There's no someone's better at drawing than someone else. Um, if you spend time with it, you can create amazing, amazing art um, with, with Bloxels. And we've seen some kids just make stuff that blows our minds. Um, and then you take that art and they become almost like little palette pieces for you to stamp onto those wireframe blocks in the game builder. So basically you can end up, uh, you start with like your wireframe, build it all out, see how things are going to interact, how things are going to work with the player, and then you design it, you kind of paint it. And then from there, you can configure it. So you can say that, um, you know, a coin is a coin or it's a key. And if it's a key, it can unlock specific doors. Um, If it's a uh, white block, you can add text to it or you can make it a checkpoint or you can make it an end flag, which kind of uh, completes the game. So you as a user can say, I want this white block to say the game's over. You've beat it. 
Um, and then we have different effects that you can pick. Uh, balloons, you know, blow up when uh, when you beat it, or uh, fireworks, or whatever. Um, and that's so you're basically is you're just you're the creator. You're building all these pieces. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so we didn't want any code. Code was. Um, you know, I think it's great. I love the code movement, you know, code.org and, you know, code Academy and all these great platforms that are teaching kids to code if they want to learn. Uh, I don't think, I don't necessarily believe the mantra that everyone should learn to code, um, because some people don't want to have anything to do with it and they're never going to learn because they don't find any interest in it. And that's totally fine. Um, but, uh, you know, the video game industry is the largest media industry in the world. Um, it dwarfs uh, movies, it dwarfs music, it, all of those combined barely touch the, the uh, video game industry. Um, so it's just a ever-growing uh, interactive storytelling platform um, that kids uh, understandably gravitate toward. And what better way, you know, in the classroom to get kids engaged than through video games. So that's kind of, you know, our mantra is to, is to stick with that. And I think it's, you know, and I had a misconception going into this thinking that Bloxels was this kind of 13 by 13 board with plastic pieces that I put in, snap the picture and build my game from there. And the realization is, is that it's so much more than that. Mm -hmm. This, this virtual environment that allows me to create. And you just said, you know, this kind of like wired, you know, basic layout, and then I can use my creativity and my skills to then build that to something else. So it's so cool to hear, you know, the, the, the variety, kind of the variety of opportunities that are there for students, whether it be this physical board that I can snap pictures of and build or using the virtual environment. So I think that's huge and, and a key way to, to grasp anyone who's looking to be creative in this video game industry. We're really thankful to people like yourself, educators who have uh, gone above and beyond to see the value in certain things. And we started this company, whether it was our first draw and graph paper product or as the Bloxels product, as a consumer, we we were just trying to uh, realize a, a dream of a kid version of us, you know, so we want to make kids be able to build video games. We didn't care necessarily if it was in the classroom or at home, you know, but build just build video games. And so I think we we saw this as like a, you know, consumer product like Minecraft or whatever. And when um, educators started gravitating toward it, started grabbing it and realizing its potential, um, it wasn't us. We didn't push it into the EDU market. The EDU market like just kind of dragged us in, which was great. And we realized very quickly that um, it's the perfect market for this uh, because of what you just said, because what you can do is uh, you can have one kid making a game layout, that wireframe, where they're, they're designing, not from an art perspective, but from a layout perspective, how it works. And then another kid can be the character creator. I'm going to create the enemies and the hero, and I'm going to be that guy. And then another kid can create the art. I'm going to be the tree guy. That's my thing. I'm, all in, I'm, I'm into the trees, and I'm going to build the trees. And then one person can be backgrounds, and then one person can be story text and write the story. And it can create this amazing collaborative, um, which is basically how video games are made. Um, not basically, it is how video games are made. So the classrooms, we've, we've experimented with naming things like studios and stuff, because it really is. These classrooms have become little game studios, the ones that, you know, use Bloxus to its full potential. Uh, you know, it's just like, it really excites us. It's so cool how they use it. So um, yeah, the, the classroom is a perfect medium for this. 
and that just gave me chills you know talking about that collaboration <laughs> you know i want to be the i want to be the person who does trees i'm not you know i'm not that creative or, or drawing but like I, you're like you can have this role and be an important person part of this team and building this video game and i think you know moving into education transforming education it's just that not everyone has to have the same role right but we all have a role to play in building this game and i i that is so huge um in in that statement that you made so one thing that i that i missed uh from asking earlier is how many or how much of this do i need in a class you know we talk about the virtual aspect that i can build online but if i was going to buy sets of, of the boards of, of these blocks of boards how many would i need in a classroom for it to be effective or is there kind of a mix of both worlds there's a mix of both worlds for sure uh some kids very much gravitate toward the physical um you know and some kids obviously don't they just you know they're 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 focused on the digital and uh, we, i think we have that with every product on the market or you know every classroom has that prop they've got the kids that are glued to the screens and the kids that want to build with legos right so we kind of cater to both of them um you know those are my sons i have two sons one is definitely more of a screen kid and one's definitely more of a hands-on um so I, we always say, you know, it's it's great if you can go one to one, but it's probably not necessary. Um, in reality, if you have five, anywhere from five to ten boards in a classroom, that's probably good. And then um, if you have devices in the classroom, you can do exactly what I was saying. Some kids can be creating level layouts on the boards. The boards are awesome for level layouts because you can think through with blocks in your fingers. You know, there's a tangible aspect to it. Um, building. You know, it's like if you're wireframing a website or if you're, uh, you know, uh, building a deck on the back of your house, you, you plan it out. You sit down, you don't just start, you know, nailing wood together. You know, you plan it out. And it's the same thing for what we're doing. So if you have the board and blocks, you can be a little bit more of that planner person and build the layouts. You can even build the art. Um, and then we have the workbooks. You know, we have, you know, uh, tertiary products that kind of help augment that experience as well. Um, you know, uh, you can get them as part of your subscription. You can just download them or you can, you know, buy them physically if that's if that's what you want to do. Um, but we we have classroom sets. Um, so we have what we think is the ideal classroom kit. Um, and then we have, you know, a school bundle um, where we would expect that it would kind of be on a cart, you know, kind of roaming around the school. Um, and then we have district bundles, obviously, if you really want to go all in, which some schools, some districts do. We have um, we have some in Canada and definitely some in, uh, in the states that are uh, the whole district is all in on voxels and we think it's awesome. So, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think our classroom five pack is, is, is a good starting point for anyone. And um, I have very rarely, and this is not me, you know, tooting our own horn. It's very rare that people have gotten it, understood what they're doing, really opened it up and, and played with it and been, it's very rare that they're like, eh, this doesn't work for us. It's nine times out of 10. It's like, holy cow, how have I not been using something like this? And there are other products outside that aren't necessarily ours that we find enriching. And, you know, we just want to be part of that community, you know, just mm -hmm. get it in their hands, get them engaged. That's what's important to us. Yeah. And I think I'm hoping our listeners get that there are different layers to this, which is what we're trying to say, I think over and over again, is it's not <laughs> just the physical board. You know, it's not just the virtual world. It's all of it. You know, it, there's yeah. so many different layers to Bloxels that offers the opportunity for individual students, groups of students to build into this world, right? Yeah. It's video games, it, it's designing, and you mentioned layouts, you know, planning, you know, planning mm -hmm. ahead of time, you know, uh, the, having the project board ahead in, in front of you, the storyboard ready. I think that's 
uh, it's just amazing. There's so many different <laughs> skills at play there. Um, and, and I can go on and on, but but for now, I'm going to segue. I'm going to segue because I think we can keep talking about it. it. It excites me so much to hear about the different layers and opportunities for students as we transform education, which is my segue that I always ask our specialists on the show. It's the specialist top five. And and what I want to know, Rob, is, is what are your top five ways that you think Bloxels can help teachers transform learning, whether they're inside the classroom or at home learning? Sure. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a cool question. I, you know, I guess I would say our, if I were to put five points to it, to what we do and where I think it's valuable in the classroom and how it can transform a classroom. Um, I would say number one, first and foremost, cause we've, we've been to shows, we do trade shows where we did quite a bit and we would talk to teachers and you know, obviously, you know, some naysayers and they'd be like, how is this educational? It's like, well, you know, um, it's, it is educational, but if, if, if without me having to go deep on that, where I think it can transform the classroom is an engagement. And I don't think anything, uh, you can have the most educational thing in the world, but if no one wants to use it, then it's not very useful. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, we, we have a very engaging product and yeah, where you might, it might lack in teaching calculus, uh, it more than makes up for in, uh, engagement. And if you pull out blocks as a guarantee, um, that everyone's going to be engaged in that 45 minutes or, or whatever the unit of time is. Um, so engagement, I would say is number one in terms of transforming the classroom and that can be digital or, um, or in person. So whether it's distance learning or it's in the classroom itself, um, you're going to have glued eyes um, on on the product and, and what they're building. Um, so the engagement is super high. Uh, collaboration, I would say, would be number two. Um, you know, we have we have had uh, whether it's uh, special needs. Um, Teachers with the kids on the autistic spectrum telling us that, uh, you know, they, they don't engage with anything. It's very difficult. Um, I have personal experience with that in my life. Um, I understand what that's like. So whether you are a singular person that wants to be uh, deep and enthralled in something and then have someone play through it later, um, and that's your collaboration, is having someone play through your creation, or you want to do what we were talking about where you're the wireframer versus the artist versus the storyteller. Um, there is uh, collaboration abounds, you know, in Bloxels. So, and we've we've built around that. We've focused on that as a as a as a core tenant. Um, the one thing we don't have that we plan to have is this, you know, multiplayer concept um, that we want to get into. So, um, we're continuing to expand on that. So, collaboration is a big one for us. Um, you know, number three is uh, just novelty. Um, I think that that's that's a big thing. So, you know, if if I'm if I'm reading a story and I'm supposed to explain to you what I learned in that story, should I do that through a book report or should I do that through a video game? Ask, ask any kid. I'm pretty sure they're going to want to do it through a video game. Um, so, you know, there's a bit of novelty there um, that, uh, and I don't mean throwaway novelty. Uh, I just mean that, um, you know, we, we, we tend to do rote normalized things in the classroom is, you know, and that's part of it. Um, but every now and then you can pull something out to, uh, you know, uh, wide eyes and, and, and surprise. So, um, you know, I would say that novelty is a big part of it. Um, number four. Oh man, you're really just like stretching me here. Let's see. Um, um, transforming the classroom. Well, you know, I think that, 
this is not every single classroom, but there are a lot of classrooms and a lot of schools that are very heavily focused on this code movement. No, no kid should be leaving school without some understanding of code. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that um, those should be, you know, should learn the trades that they are interested in. And Bloxos allows you to do that. You don't necessarily have to be a coder to build a video game. Um, and uh, you don't have to necessarily even be an artist to build a video game. Um, but you can still make it look cool and you can still make it work really well. So um, I think uh, kind of rubbing against the grain a little bit, um, you know, is, is definitely one of our tenets. Um, we've had so many people over the years say, when are you going to integrate, you know, a coding, you know, side of it? When can I, when can I use it to program things? I'm like, never. <laughs> it's just, it's <laughs> not going to be a thing. Um, and it's not that we can't, you know, uh, I'm a programmer. Uh, I love programming. Um, you know, if everyone thought like me, then yeah, sure. We should, uh, we should be building that into everything, but not everyone does. So, um, and then, uh, number five, I think, mashing the right side and left brain, right and left side of the brain. So creativity and analytics. Um, I think it's video games provide, especially building video games provides a very unique opportunity to explore both sides of the brain. Um, video games are very artistic. Um, you know, uh, at the same time, they're very, you know, they're, they're all based in, you know, artificial intelligence. Um, ours has uh, computer vision, um, you know, some of the same tech that's uh, running, you know, um, self-driving cars, you know, the very basics of that is really just, uh, you know, uh, image manipulation and, and binary conversion um, of 2D and 3D data. So we're basically doing the same thing with ours. So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of tech, you know, in what we're doing. There's a lot of tech in, in what kids do. And there's a lot of um, uh, analytical thought in building something. If I put a key right here, you can't open this door three worlds away unless you come all the way back, get this key, and then you've got to find the tunnel over here to get back there really quickly. Like designing stuff like that is very analytical and it's very, um, uh, it requires that, that programmer side of your brain. Um, whereas, uh, it does the background look engaging games, games just are more fun if they look awesome. So, um, you know, that's the right side of the, or the, uh, the creative side of the brain. So, um, yeah, I think those, I don't know, those would be my five. That was, <laughs> and I think that's a great five. And, and there's a few there that you hit, which made me think, you know, you're, you're on point there when you're saying when you're building a game, it's not just this linear road, right? And we've been talking about Mario for quite a bit now. It's, it's not like. Mario was just created and somebody put it there and, and you play it. Somebody had to think, like you just said, four worlds ahead, you know, you forgot to do this, yeah. right? Or you didn't get this. Um, and we see that a lot more, you know, in newer games where you, you, you have to pick everything up as you move along and make sure you have enough coins. And I think that's a huge aspect of everything we've talked about here today. It's not just point A to point B. You have to go from point A to point D and you need to figure out how to get B and C in between. Right. Um, and that's huge. That's huge. Right. And, and, and it's not just this one off and you said the word novelty and I was like, no, you're right. It's novelty because you're excited to use it. <laughs> and how do I express myself <laughs> using this, you know, like green screening or whatever it might be. Right. And we just need to provide that opportunity for students to be able to explore and express themselves using it. And I think that's so huge. And Rob, I think we've talked about a lot and we've dove into what Bloxels is, where it came from and what it is today and how teachers can use it. But did, did we miss anything just before we head off? Is there something that you'd like to add that, that we may have missed during a conversation? I mean, you know, I can talk about this stuff all day, obviously. Um, I don't think, I don't think we missed any, you know, big key pieces to what we do. Um, I think that, 
whether you are in a traditional classroom or you know a distance learning environment, uh, we have we have opportunities to get kids to collaborate digitally, and I think that um, you know Bloxels kind of has that. Um, I also think that uh, you know explore there's so many cool products out there and um i would just say to anybody go out and explore you know and uh and bloxels might be one of them but uh you know there are there are others too so explore and experiment um i don't know that's kind of that's kind of our mantra um we i think i said we kind of go against the grain a little bit in terms of uh traditional but um it's uh it's fun for us and uh, we genuinely enjoy what we do everyone on the team and um we're gonna keep building so and on that note, you know, explore and experiment. I think that's the key to take away from today is that students, adults, anyone can use Bloxels to explore and experiment using the tool, both virtual and physical. So I encourage all of our listeners to head over to playbloxels.com, check out the website, you know, and, and use it, try it out. And don't forget to follow them on social media at Bloxels uh, to see all the amazing things that other educators around the world are doing using these tools both in class or virtually. So once again, Rob, I thank you so much for joining me on this episode of My Creative Classroom. Well, that's all the time we have for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Rob from Bloxels. And I really hope you check out their website, playbloxels.com and, and, and try out the tool, the virtual tool, or even order a set of the physical tool because as you can see during our conversation, it offers more than just video game building. It offers students the opportunity to explore and experience collaboration, producing, problem solving, critical thinking, and so much more. So follow them on Twitter or social media at Bloxels and don't forget to follow us at MyCreativePod and subscribe to us on your preferred streaming platform to be notified of when a new episode comes out. As always, let's make learning creative. My name is Brian Willette, and this was My Creative Classroom.